Hello and welcome to the Last Earth Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. <coughs> you alright there? You alright? You good? I don't think we're doing an uh, Enigma special. Do the high bit. Today we are doing duets. Best duets, or our favourite duets. You mean duets? We don't. Duets. Yeah. We should have done, done the intro together. Like in, in, oh, yeah. You know, I was thinking about that, then I was like, the hustle doing that now is ludicrous. Uh, our favourite duets. We were going to think about doing duets for a while, Ages. so we decided this would be a this good time. Quite possibly is one of the first ideas we ever had for a podcast. Yeah, possibly. And, and I have to say, I really like the playlist. I like listening to this straight through. It's fucking wonderful. It's a great playlist. It is. It's wonderful. Even All of our playlists, obviously, are great. They're not really. Well, not the abominations or the worst lyrics or the... Yeah, but, well, this one is good. This is very good. This I enjoyed is, making this one. I do like a good duet. There was a bit of a power struggle as well for a few of them, which, which well, we Well, we did have to do a harsh draft on this, yeah. Yeah, because we, we knew we'd have some some ones that we yeah. were going to want that the other person Surprisingly wanted. Surprisingly enough as well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it, there's a... Uh, I found it very hard to get information on a lot of these songs. yeah. Um, I agree. It's because a lot of them are just like, kind of thrown together a little bit. I found out something fucking absolutely mad about one of them. And it's literally, it's one sentence that will blow, it'll change your life. What is it? I, I can't do it yet. I'll oh, do it later. Okay. And uh, I, I didn't think it was possible. If someone said to me, what's the maddest thing that you've ever heard about music? And you would never, ever... You'd never pull this out of the bag. It's it's that fucking mad. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing that. It's it's way later, and it's on the, the absolute black sheep of this playlist. Right. Is what it is. Okay. So I think you're first. So who's your first, first one? Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Kylie Minogue. I'm not going to say you didn't steal this one from well, what I wanted. But it, to this be fair, one, it, this, it was going to be picked by one of us. There was going to be a row over who got this one, yeah. and I had to be pulled out of the bag. But it's okay, because I got you back with the next one. So you did, you fucking scumbag. You're scumbag for getting me this one. So oh, listen, true. We, we, at least they're both on it. We scumbagged each other, yeah. and it's grand. Uh, where do you even start with this song? Jesus Christ. The year. Uh, 1996. <laughs> it's 1996. Uh, the ninth studio album by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds is released. It's called... That year? Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that. This is the sixth album. This year? Uh, the album is called Murder Ballads. Yeah, Every song on the album is about killing people or being killed. In some That lends itself well to the name. Yes, it I does. Find. Yes, it does. So uh, Nick Cave and Bad Seeds were formed in 1983 in Melbourne. Right? Um, Australia 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 yeah. um, This is the lead single from that album It was and outrageously good and huge <sighs> It was huge It was, was real real big It's also very different from any other song on that album So anybody who went out and bought that album Thinking they were going to get a few more uh, Fucking oh, Sucker <laughs> Going to get a, a few more Weird World Roses Grow <laughs> um, We're not getting it At all So apparently Nick Cave had said for fucking years Years and years and years, he wanted to do a duet with Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Right? I remember, like, a lot of fans, I'd say, were like, what? What? Exactly. What? Well, I, I don't even know. This would have been... Is he different, though? She's Australian. He's Australian. <sighs> yeah, Australia. but I, I think this would have been before... This would, would have been before she was kind of serious. Would she have been still poppy before that? Super poppy? What year was it? 1996. 
No, because I think he was kind of touching indie stuff uh, between 94 and 95. All right, so maybe this is... He was waiting for it to seem less impactful to have. So apparently for for literally like fucking five, six years, he'd been writing songs with the idea to get Coyley to sing on them. Deadly. And he was... uh, He just couldn't... Everything he wrote, he couldn't get it right. Um, He never even passed them on to her, apparently. Like he has like fucking uh, dozens of demos that he bammed together and himself. He just, he just puts away, not, not this time, Kylie. Yeah, exactly. Not yet, Kylie. Yeah. This one's not right for yeah, you. Exactly. But I think that's the way he felt about it. Um, and eventually, he stumbled upon this. And he was like, this is the one. This is the app. We're going to do it now. What a song. Yeah, so lyrically, it's from the point of view of the murderer and the victim. And it's all written in past tense, which is what's interesting about it. So it's post-murder. Yeah. Um, it's super fucking orchestral. And the... the the differences between their singing voices is so stark that it makes the song work on a hundred fucking levels. He, he does sound like a murderer on the song. He does, absolutely. Production on this song is 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. There's nothing missing. There's nothing lacking. There's no levels that you think, oh, it'd look a little bit more of this. It's so well nailed together. Uh, and I think that's because Coily was fucking huge. She was huge. Like, Nick Cave would sell out let's say, 5,000-seater stadium. Yeah. Kylie Minogue was doing 80,000. You know what I mean? Like, just fact. This is a real weird combination to begin it's with. It's good for her, though, and it's good oh, yeah, for him. It adds legitimacy to her and adds popularity to him. You know what yeah. I mean? But both of them are actual artists. Because there's no real legitimacy in pop, if you think about not it. From really. a rocker point of view, like no. me. Yeah, not really. Um, although interesting. She, she, although she... She went on to do some serious yeah, stuff. Yeah, She She did. I have a lot eventually. of time for yep. She's great. Interestingly enough, the first time it was ever played live with him and her on stage was in Cork in Ireland. Yeah, and it was sang a year before it even ever I'm came out. I'm surprised someone from Cork <laughs> didn't tell me that. Yeah, a year before. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised from someone from Cork didn't go. Yeah, I mean Dublin's grand and all, but rents and not only that. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cave and Nick Kylie. Cave and Kylie <laughs> sang that. No fucking. They sang it together a year before it was released. How weird is that? I thought that would have been like get that out now. So it was in the studio, it was done. 1995 in Cork, the two of them were playing the same festival in Cork. And they said, fuck it, come on, we'll do it. They're only after recording it. Like you were saying, they don't sound like themselves. Well, she doesn't sound like herself. No. She's not that soft. No. Vocally. But it just works well with the the juxtaposition of the... She sits back and... and, Because both of them are doing different stuff. Like He's not necessarily really singing, he's just talking. Um, Yeah. He's mostly just talking. Um, She does a lot of kind of little mousy, whispery, wispy kind of yeah. stuff in it. And she only really... She sounds like she has a parasol on her on yeah. back and maybe is giving him a flash of the ankles. <laughs> the big bad wolf is chasing her. Got yeah. you killed. Yeah. Don't um, be flashing the ankles. Apparently this song is based on another song um, that I should have wrote down, but I didn't. Um, Could have been it's, not, it's not a cover or anything like that, but it, what it, it's, um, it's like an ode to another murder ballad that Nick Cave had heard I as a child. Heard? Oh, right. Because he, yeah. he has a few murder ballads oh, before yeah. that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But this is an ode to another song he heard, which is um, supposed to be a conversation in... Because uh, he has Before a, he has the song, murder takes place. He has place. a song... I must kill that woman or I will kill that woman. Oh. <laughs> he has, no, he has. He actually has. It's off. I thought you were missing. No. It's <laughs> off. Uh, it's off, an, al- it's off an, <coughs> an album we'll talk about in the Dying. next song. I'm dying. <coughs> I'm dying. Because he, um, he comes back up. Nick Cave pops back straight back up. Of course he, of course he does. Um, 
but yet Nick Haven, the Bad Seeds, um, let's just say Nick Haven, Coily Minogue, because otherwise it sounds like there's three parties involved. Um, yeah, 1996, More the Ballads is the album. The, the song is fantastic. It, it, it was it was on radio so much that I hurt. Yeah, on MTV. And the video was a big high production Yeah, it was, it was as well. Good. So MTV were pumping out. Vaseline on the lens. House Blood band. on the hands. Yeah, the whole everything. It's, it's fantastic. Um, the Brass song on itself. on the skirt. Tears <laughs> in the family's eyes. Um... Uh, Pain the, in the heart. The, the way the kind of or- orchestral strings are recorded in this are it hurts me listening to it. It's that noise. Yeah, it hurts me. Anyway, what's your next one? To move on before I start crying, I feel bad for Eliza. Day. Actually, no, stop that. I'm gonna talk about how much we have to piss. I have to go for the toilet now. Really? Let's start being honest about this. Okay. What the fuck is the story about how much we have to piss? Well, look at it. There's about twenty cans in yeah. front of us. I have yet to take a slash break. Fair play to you. I know. So we'll maybe back in a minute. via osmosis, you're pulling the piss out of me. If, Across, we, if I keep saying piss and, and making like splashy sounds, it's going to make you want to go. It could be also due to the fact that like I'm inside you and Mike Johnson is inside you right now. I'm going to talk about my next song in a second. Are you ready? Right, we're back. Oh, that was great. Did you have a good wee? I did. I good. There must be something wrong. Or is it, I think it's, we discussed it. Or I'm standing up, it's not that bad. I'm sitting mm-hmm. down drinking beer. Seems like, and once you break the seal. Maybe oh, we need... Um, maybe we need tall stills. Maybe we need little bags. Piss bags. Get a little catheters. Does your bladder get smaller the more you get older? I don't think. I'd say it stretches out, surely. What's what I would thought? Like your balls? Like, like your balls, yeah. Like, like old and... I'm assuming your bladder is basically your internal balls. Well, to be fair, like... I don't know. A lot of piss. Anyway, <laughs> my first one is... <laughs> something's got a hold of my heart. Mark Ammond and Gene Pitney from 1988. This was one of my favourite yeah. songs as a kid. Mm. Absolutely loved this song. Because... It was mad because my sisters were mad into, like, soft cell. Well, not mad into soft cell, but they were enough into them. Like, I was into them as a kid. Let's, right, no one was really into Mark Almond, but they were into soft cell. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, Mark Almond's career is spotty at best. Soft cell is some strange stuff in there as well. And then my parents were mad Gene Pitney fans. Gene Pitney was always mm. on the gaff. And I actually have a real soft spot for Gene Pitney. I really like him because the two main male singers that were played in my house all the time were Gene Pitney and Neil Sedaka mm. and Neil Sedaka does nothing for me at all mm. absolutely nothing but Gene Pitney I remember there was a song that I heard as a kid called Animal Crackers which was Gene Pitney's early 60s garage psychedelic rock sort of thing that that is long forgotten about you'll find it on a few little compilations and it's actually been added to Spotify all right. as well a while ago because it was never on it it might turn up on a playlist mm. of songs from people who you wouldn't expect it's basically about doing drugs and eating a box of animal crackers savage and he says I open up the box and I go to the zoo you're stoned now you're yeah. absolutely baked you're in shite lad little eating, eating animal crackers <laughs> I love that song it's really like a little nice little 60s rock song anyway that's how I started to when I heard this I was like absolutely just saw the video and I was like yeah. that is so fucking good yeah. that's obviously this is a Gene Pitney song from yeah. the 60s um Re-recorded by Mark Ammond. Now, let's bring things back to Nick Cave for a minute. Okay. He recorded this two years before. Really? On his album, Kick Out Against the Bastards. Or was, I can never remember the name of the album. Hmm. Um, his version is outrageous as well. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Hmm. And I was there thinking, shit, two years later, Mark Ammond knocks it out and goes to number one for... Yeah, forever. Just it was in the charts yeah. for I think it was for at least four weeks at number one. Mm. But Nick Cave did do that, and I remember thinking, "Going, I wonder was Nick Cave pissed off about that?" So I 
went looking for a bit of beef. Mm. No beef because no. they were in a band together. Get the fuck out of Nick here. Nick Cave and Mark Hammond. Really? For three days. For three days? Yeah. The band is called The Immaculate Consumptive. And had Mark Hammond and Nick Cave and uh, Lydia Lunch and Clint Rune. I, I don't know much about them, but uh, they just basically got together for three days and went to touring around the place playing all their own songs. Yeah. Matt. Never recorded anything, no. obviously. And I wonder, at the time, was Nick Cave going, like, playing that song? Yeah. Maybe. Could be where he heard it first. Yeah. Well, That's no, because that, that was 1983 they were doing that. Yeah. That's, I found that mad that they were actually in the band together. That's Brief, real very, very briefly. But yeah. then again, I found loads of other stuff Mark Hammond did after that. that absolutely under the radar stuff. Really? Yeah. Snaky. He's a snaky whore. Snaky lad. Loves, loves putting out little mad records that you don't associate with. Anyway, well, maybe he would prefer they were associated with him, what with his name being on them. Yeah. Um, so what happened was, Gene Pitney was in the UK when that song came out when Mark Ammon's version he released it on his own okay did you know that I didn't know that no. Mark Ammon released it on his own and um, a year before this version came out and being the sneaky whore that his agent was was probably like how do we sell more fucking tickets to your fucking English show or whatever mm. we need to get you into the studio so they went into the studio and recorded his parts and gave it to Mark Almond and said, would you do a duet version of it? Yeah. yeah. Which is the one that appears on the album now. Sorry. They never met during the recording. Really? No, because he had to... He, had, he was in Bristol, right, at the time. He had to shoot over to London mm. at 10 in the morning to record the vocals three or four times. Then we went back up to uh, the North mm. to sing it. Bristol in the North? Bristol's on there. Let's have to Bristol. West Coast. Yeah. Anyway... Um, then he heard the two ver- the, the version with the two of them singing together and he absolutely just absolutely fell in love with it. Really? So that's absolutely brilliant, yeah. Great. Um He died in the UK as well. He did do it in Wales. Yeah. yeah he yeah. did, yeah. Had Jesus. a fucking banger. Had a banger in Wales. Yeah. It's all the it's all the fried food. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Maybe. It's also Is there food in Wales? Well I've been to Wales and never eaten anything. Have in a Wales. version of whatever Haggis They don't eat that shit. No, but they ha- Scotland has haggis and mad stuff. I, I don't know what Wales has. The worst, actually, I, that's a lie. I have eaten in Wales. The worst food I ever had in my entire life was in Wales. Is that what made you think about that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's bit. fair. So obviously they met for the video, which is amazing. I love that video. Yeah. It's silly. Yeah. It's four coats. I think this. It's in a. It's in. It's set in Las. It's a shot in Las Vegas, in um, in a kind of old kind of scrapyard where all neon signs were because yeah. in Vegas those signs yeah. get replaced all yeah. the time like, I think there's, it's a, there's a couple of neon scrapyards yeah. in, in Vegas that are famous yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's a really great place to do it but I, I just thought it was mad that like in my head I thought he would have been like a, in my head I, I make a story up about what I, I think mm-hmm. you know, I thought he was a fan of this and he was on the blower to Gene Pitney's eyes go I love Gene Pitney blah, blah, let's blah, do blah. it let's do it no just done it just did it and then his agent was the one that went now I'd say the rest of that tour. Now I don't know when it came out. Maybe whatever. Let's say the next tour that Gene Pinney did in England would have been way bigger. Yes, because that was Gene Pinney's first ever English UK number one. English UK number one. Yeah, English UK. Yeah. UK number one, <laughs> which I actually found quite interesting. They it wasn't released uh, in America. No. Do you know why? Why? The record label thought, oh, people are going to think you're banging him. Oh, it's fact, like. <laughs> Facts. Let's now, be honest. For years, I thought Jane Pitney might be gay because my mark kept. I think it's my mark. So auntie, maybe some like Jane Pitney. Yeah, nobody thinks that way. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happened. Can you imagine that? Imagine that, like fucking 
thing. Gene Pinney's going, God, this song is killing it across Europe. Yeah. Number one. Imagine your man putting the cigarette and going, Gene, uh, you might want to reconsider uh, putting that song out in case people think you're a bit life and light in the love for yourself, Gene. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, but money's grey. Yeah, man of the money. Yeah, so apparently it wasn't released in America. No, I don't know how true that is. That's just something I read. Yeah. And um, this song, when I hear those opening bells oh. and, and, and strings. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And then it changes. Yeah. It, got, it starts off nights and it goes, something. Yeah, it gets real gets green dark. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it back up to, in a world out. Yeah. And it's just soars. The yeah. two of them together. It's I, perfect. I have absolutely no interest in Like I, I, Like I said, I like Nick's Cave's version. I've never heard... I've heard Gene Pinty's version of his own, definitely through years of... Um, it, it wasn't... It was a big song for Gene Pinty, but it wasn't like Man Who Shot Liberty Valance fucking big. Yeah, yeah. So this kind of brought this back out as gave him another like song in England that was uh, basically a number one. Yeah, it was so... It was a huge song. It was. It was it, it, there was no escaping it. it is. I absolutely love it. Listen, um, that's really all the information I could find about that song. That's, I said it to you. It's hard to get in information yeah, yeah. on songs. But that's 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 a nice little bit of thing. The Nick Cave thing was interesting. I yeah. found. I dug a bit. Dug, yeah, if you get a, if you get one iota of spice for a yeah. song like this, I think you're doing well. Yeah. To be honest with you. So it is kind of like Gene Pitney used to be at, around the time he was asked a lot. Like, where, how did you meet like Mark Ammons? Didn't. It came up like that he was yeah. gay. And I remember like one interview already came and goes, Mark Ammons gay. I'm straight. We did a song together. What's your point? Yeah. So fair folks, I was like, what? what? Be grand. Fuck off. Nonsense. But this is in the 80s. <laughs> Ooh, someone's gay. Yeah. Smell AIDS of you. That was fucking... They would have said that. Yeah. They would have said something mm. as cruel and not hilarious as that. Yes. Who's your next one? Who's your first one? Uh, is your first one? No, no, your second one. My second one. That piss had to get into your brain. Bet you need another piss already, yeah? I don't, actually. <laughs> no. uh, I picked Morrissey and Susie Sue. Interlude is the song. What a song. Yeah, um, this is genuinely one of my favorite duets, and I forgot about it until it was this list. Yeah, so I actually, for, I, I must, I, I don't think I've listened to this song in about six or seven years. ages. Yeah, ages. I, I have twelve inch at home. Their voices go so well together. Yeah, they work very well. They do work very well. Mm. Um, so uh, uh, it's nineteen ninety four. It was. It, it, it's weird. It was presented. It was. Ju- it was just put out under uh, Morrissey and Susie. That's all it was. Um, one song. The, the it was a twelve inch single. There's like I think three different remixes of it and an instrumental and, and fucking acapella. Like they didn't do anything else together. Yeah. Um it was recorded during the Vauxhall and I sessions. Yeah. On a, it was produced by Boz. Yeah. Boz Borer. He did a great job with the production yeah, of this. It sounds just, pretty good. It's yeah. perfect. It gives them free reign each. Exactly. And the music is the music is beautiful. It's big. The music's big, but it sits in the yeah. background real nice. Yeah. It's really well done. So it's a cover. It is it. And uh, the original version is from 1968, and it was sang by a woman called uh, Timmy Euro, and it was for a movie called Interlude. It was meant to be the theme song yeah. for this movie, Interlude, which was a fucking disaster. It didn't Could be James Bondy a little bit, couldn't it? A little bit, yeah, it has that going. Um, so apparently in the early 90s, Moz had sent Susie a tape of loads of songs. Yeah. They knew they wanted to do something together. Uh, and they knew they wanted it to be a cover. Morrissey's mad for fucking covers anyway. He's mad. Mad for covers. And mad, mad for covers. And mad. He picks weird ones, yeah. Which is not a, that's f- fine. Yeah. Um, so we sent her a tape. We sent her a cassette. And he picked like songs by Nancy Sinatra and Dionne Warwick and lo- loads of these kind of um, 60s and early 70s kind of female singers. He knew he wanted it to be a female um, kind of song. And he was just going to jump onto them. So apparently the recording session went on extraordinarily well. It was perfect. Um, 
uh, Boz gave an interview a couple of years ago saying like they got on like a house on fire. Like yeah. it was real smooth. They were laughing, joking, having the fun. Well, if he likes someone, yeah, he's yeah. gonna get on well yeah, with them. Absolutely. So I think that's what I would feel about Morrissey is if he loves and respects someone, he's gonna be yeah. nice as pie. But yeah. then maybe he is nice as pie to everyone. Exactly. Um, so the recording session flew on, not a bother, all good. But very, very, very soon afterwards, they had a massive falling Right, there we go. Susie and Moz start fucking killing each other. And it was over what the video was going to be. They knew they were making a music video to suit it. And they couldn't agree on a music video. And that's literally all it came down to. Um, the record label um, the record label weren't happy with either of their choices. They weren't happy with... Like, um, their, either their, e- choices, either their yeah. choices. They just couldn't decide on it. And it just turned into this little fucking cat scratchy fight. He was probably like... This is my song. Kind really. of, yeah. She was probably like, "I don't want to be in a weird Morrissey video." Yeah, God knows what he, what he wanted to do for the video. Going to lie together naked, something like that. Yeah, who knows what the fuck it could have been. Um, so the video was never made. They just yeah. never made it. That was the end of it. Forget it. I think there's been a couple of like fan cuts that people made and threw on YouTube and all. But it took over a year for the song to come out. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, it was supposed to come out in. Uh, I think they, they considered it a winter song. And, uh, but it came out in the middle of summer. The record label just get fucking rid of it, get it out, yeah. bang it out. Um, it got no press, no push, no nothing. It just that, that, To me, that should have been huge. Yeah, it would have been because, huge. Because they were fighting with, with each other, yeah. it, it just wasn't going to happen. So they, um, the, the record label just dumped it, and it just literally arrived you know, on record store, um, record shops, steps, and they just started selling it. Like, you can get it. Apparently, it's not it's not rare, but it's not common. You know what I mean? Because they didn't make a whole lot of them. Yeah. Um, there's a version of the song but only Morrissey singing that came out in 2011. They put it on one of the best of Morrissey's. I don't... I prefer... Oh, yeah, it has to be. No. It's, a, it's a duet. The way she sings yeah. higher over them at the end yeah. is beautiful. It's like, it's a duet. Yeah. But I think they they had a version where, obviously, he just, in the studio one day, just ran through it and they had it and they banged it onto it. Listen, so Morrissey must have fucking 12 different best ofs. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. new best of out every two, three years and they're always trying to find something the bang on there so they were scraping the bottom of the barrel there where they came out with fucking the Morrissey because it was Swedehead the first time I heard it yeah it's on Swedehead I think not Swedehead yeah Swedehead the, no the, the best of oh yeah there's a, yeah Swedehead yeah. there's, there's, there's ten of them but yeah Swedehead pretty sure that's where I heard it the first time I was yeah. like oh that's good mm. but I think the version of it on the t- 2011 one is just the Morrissey one they Niagara, didn't include Niagara. it yeah it's not for me it sounds mad grim it's a great song it's very uh, restrained, and then it opens up at the end, like you said. Yeah. Um, but I think that the fact that he chased her for years to get it made, and they wanted to do it, and then they finally decided upon a song, and then a stupid mu- music video yeah. causes the fallout. Like, that's fucking mad. But do you know what they should have done? Her directed the boat, like, and went, we'll go with him no matter her, her, whatever. Yeah, what have you got? Whatever they want. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll check out now and say whatever they say. We'll both pick a director we like, whatever they want to do. We'll go with them. Yeah. And we won't argue with them or each other. By far and away, the easiest way to do it. Has to be. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, Morrissey and Susie interlude. Who's next? Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike, mm. 1991. This is an interesting one because a lot of people think that Temple of the Dog mm. kind of came out when it got popular. All right. But it didn't. It came out a lot. A few years before that. So Temple of the Dog album is a tribute to Andrew Wood from Mother Love Bone who mm. uh, died of a heroin overdose on the day that Chris Cornell, because they were housemates, came yeah. back from a tour with Soundgarden, I think. Um, and he wanted to, he had written loads of songs and he wanted to do a project for him in, in tribute to him. So it does contain members of Mortal Lovebone. 
Um, and it also has Eddie Vedder on it. So this is where the duet comes in. So their voices work fantastically well together. And the reason that it is a duet at all is because Chris Cornell was finding it hard to sing the low parts of it or come up with low parts of it. Yeah. And Eddie Vedder was there. And this is weirdly, this is before Pearl Jam. Yeah. It's before Soundgarden were really... Soundgarden. Yeah. Gar- Sound, Soundgarden. Sound Irish way to say that. Isn't it? Soundgarden. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. I was only thinking about that today. <laughs> How annoying is it that people in Oran, Chicago... Yeah. The only place my mother ever went was Chicago. And she'll say Chicago. She, she, to this day, Chicago. Does it hurt you a little bit every time? Whatever. She brought me back loads of deadly stuff. Much into the world. When I was like 14. Well, aside from that, like... Aside from like... I always forget that your ma is the reason he exists. Great. Yeah. Fair play to them. Or, or not whatever, you, whatever you're into unless like, it's your enemies man fuck yeah. this was the first time properly that Eddie Vedder's voice was ever on a recording really yeah so this is before Pearl Jam 10 um, it's kind of it's kind of mad because this was recorded in 1991 or 1990 it's 1990 no it was recorded in 1990 and between 1990 and 1991 yeah. before Grunge really really properly broke so this album wasn't really particularly big yeah but because almost immediately after Pearl Jam and Soundgarden were getting big, people went back and goes, "What? What's this? This is brilliant!" Mm. And it went platinum. Like, in, in, I don't know how long it took to go platinum. I don't know. I never know how long things take to go. I don't know. I don't know much about Temple of the Dog. I know I've seen the album cover a thousand times, uh, and I know it's on Spotify. And I probably picked up the LP or the CD a hundred times and put it back. I don't know what it is that just my brain refuses to yeah. sit down and listen to it. Well, Cornell said that like as soon as Eddie Vedder went up to the mic and started singing, he's like, "That's what I was trying to do. I'm trying to get that, and I couldn't for whatever reason. I couldn't get it at the time." Now Cornell's vocals on it are so high compared Temple to Temple of the Dog. It's a good album. It is a good album. It is. It's kind of one of those albums that wouldn't have happened, possibly wouldn't have happened after the two of those bands got as big. Well, and just had to die for it to be made, yeah. That's exactly it. Well, that's, well, that's the fucking sadness of the Seattle music scene. Like, yeah. Temple of, or, uh, Mother Love Bone were hugely influential in the grunge scene. Just, And they're not even hugely grungy themselves. But it's just, everyone seemed to really, really love and respect that mm. Andrew Wood guy. And it, to the point where a whole album came out of it, you know what I mean? Um, Eddie Vedder said that it's the first time he ever heard himself on a real record. And he said it's still to this day one of the, his favourite songs. Really? Absolutely loves it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Absolutely lovely. Um, Hunger Strike is, a, I think it's just a phenomenal song. It really is. Mm. Cornell's a great songwriter. He, really, he is, really he is. really is, to be fair. And this is the, it's kind of a weird one to pick for a duet because it's a band that considered to be both members of, but it's not, it's a duet. It's, yeah. a, it's a duet between Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell. Mm. And it's absolutely phenomenal. The song is, do you know this song? Do you know this song? That's brilliant. It's just I will give it a spin. Oh, say, as we're saying to you, I had time to listen to the entire uh, last playlist for the last podcast we done. But yeah, I, this one, even though I was time, chopping, chopping and changing them, time killed me. Yeah, time killed me this week. Absolutely. Yeah. So listen, a lot of people will know it's that. killing all of us. By the way, time it's killing all it's of us. Absolute swine yeah. of a thing. Yeah, an absolute swine of a thing. Time. There could be other things killing us. Not into don't it. Don't even know about them yet. Like the, your fucking piss parasite. Yeah, absolutely. I can already feel the Maybe there's parasites inside you that are producing their own piss, and their their piss is going into your. They're bladder. pissing into my bo- into yeah. my bladder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, bollocks. I'm glad they're pissing into that and not 
Yeah, anything else? My like, eyes. Yeah. Or, yeah. My eyes are itchy now that you're saying that, you fuck. You got piss eyes? I might well, we have uh, a parasite piss in my eyes. You just said that, I might have scratched my See, eye you now you're scratching your eyes. Oh, no. It's like me, I'm fucking saying, it feels like the spiders on my head all the time. What, what is that all I about? I don't know. I tell you why, because last week there was a spider on my head. There it is again now, scratch my head. Because that's what it, it is then. There was an actual spider on my head there. Well, last that's week. it then. That's, that's in your. You can feel his yeah. legs now. He's up my nose now and everything. Now I'm getting yeah. itchy. There's something <laughs> loose. There's something loose. <laughs> Something's in These the water. These jeans are very tight. Oh, did you drink the dirty, bo- did you the dirty water without boiling it? I'm the, I'm the the good side of the sea. Yeah, only barely on it. I'd still be boiling mm-hmm. that water. Mm-hmm. Anyway, who is your next one? Uh, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. And uh, it's from the album United by Marvin and Tammy. And the song is Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Goddamn. I said goddamn. Um, 1969. It was Tamla Records put it out. Tamla were a subsidiary of Motown. So Motown had a hundred fucking subsidiary. Yeah. For when they didn't want to get, like, they didn't want anything to ever fail. Exactly. So Under they, their name. They, exactly. they wanted the money from big stuff. So, if, yeah. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Um, so it was written by a couple called Nicholas Ashford and Valerie Simpson, who were kind of musicians in their own right. They were a touring uh, husband and wife duo, and they'd been doing the rounds for years and years and years. And they really, really wanted to get into Motown. That's who they wanted to write songs for. They were sick of doing their own thing. They were sick of touring and all this kind of bullshit. So apparently, um, Dusty Springfield heard the demo version of the song. Right. And she requested it. She got on to fucking, she got on to Nicholas and Valerie and said, I really, really want Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I have to have it. And they told her straight up, get fucked. It's not for you. We're keeping it from Motown. So they approached Motown. You honky ass bitch. <laughs> exactly. They turned around <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Apologise for that. Sorry, don't know where that came from. Get your cracker ass out of here. They told her to fuck off and said, this stealing, is from Stealing Motown. songs, now they want to just borrow them. Yeah. Not Dusty Spring. Well, maybe a little... She's great, though. Dusty's great. She is great. And this, uh, they turned around and said, listen, we're keeping this from Motown. Motown heard it. Put two and two together. They're like, right, we have to fucking do this. Two and two together, that's a good way to put it for a duet. Isn't it? Oh. No, that'd be fun. Two and people. two, two become one. So off they went. I tell you something about this song. What? I don't like it. I know. I don't. I don't know why I don't read. I there, there are bigger uh, duets, uh, even by Marvin. Yeah, because he does. It takes two, baby. I don't like that. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Does he do that? Does he do that? Oh God. <laughs> I hope it's not someone that just. Is but like him the same. Goes, this well, is, this well, is, well. What's weird is that um, Nicholas and Valerie that wrote this song. They also wrote "You're All I Need to Get Boy." I love that song. They wrote uh, Ain't Nothing Like The Real Thing. Great and, song. And they also wrote I'm Every Woman. Yeah, that's a great song. Exactly. I'm not every woman, but I'm probably some. A few of them. Women. Yeah. Yeah. I'm half a woman with the, the wrong gene. Anything you want done, baby, I'll do it unnaturally. Don't have a box, no. That's my song. Don't have a gee would have made rhyming sense. I'm not saying, but that's we're trying to uh, uh, appeal to an international audience. People outside of Ireland. You think saying box over gay is Box is universal. It, is it It's though? way more universal than gay. Way more. It's barely more universal. But definitely more. Box is a thing. Listen, Gary, you need to be thinking outside the gay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> well, um, give me some, give me some more juice on this. I, I like, I like it. It's, I, it's, yeah, I'm with you. It's fine. It's just, it's. But it is, it's, it's one of the biggest duets of all time. Yeah, though, it's huge. Well, the, this is from a time, 1967. This is from a time where there wouldn't be just a song like we're used to now. The other songs we were talking about are just once-offs. They were banging out albums, full albums. This is what they were doing. Uh, Diana Ross. Um, recorded 
a version of this in 1970, only three years after it actually came out. She's a hungry fucker. Though. She is a hungry fucker. <laughs> it was our first. It was her first ever solo number one hit as well. Her yeah. version of this song. She her, knows the hit when she hears it. Her uh, her version of "Ain't No Mountain High Enough" is probably more popular than the Marvin Gaye one because it was a bigger song in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dusty Springfield. Do I nearly said Dusty Would you mind if I could have that song? No, sorry. Yeah, see you later. No. Uh, Dusty was told to fuck off because they really, really wanted to work for Motown. And Motown uh, didn't even do it. They'd done it through Tamla just as a little buffer. But they went down to write a load it's of weird songs. That Marvin Gaye wasn't automatically just put onto that. Motown. I think because of, uh, duets weren't really a big thing, especially in her albums. Like they were seen as kind of novelty acts. I think. Yeah, it was. they sold a lot. Yeah, but yeah, I get you. I get you. They're not going to get on as the classics. No, Motown not, classics. They're yeah. just they're kind of they're chaffed to fill out space between yeah. actual albums. Anyway, that was uh, Marm Gay and Tammy Terrell. Ain't no mountain high enough. Okay, folks, I've had to pause the podcast because Elma had to go for another piss. He's in there right now having another slash. I think there's something wrong with him. I'm not going to tell him that I've been talking to you, okay? So, when you listen to the podcast, if you see Elmer, or you come to one of the events, tell him, tell him that I've been recording little secret messages for you. He's still pissing. It's still happening. He's still in there. I better hit pause now to get ready to come back into it. He's still pissing. It's still happening. Okay, we're going we're gonna to come back into it now in a second. My next one is Conway Twitty. And Loretta Lynn. That's the best name, by the way. <laughs> fucking fantastic yeah. name. Can't wait to be. Louisiana woman, Mississippi man, we get yeah. together every time we can. Yeah. You know that song. I do. Because everyone that's ever played GTA, San Andreas. Yep. No, it's this song. 1973. Uh, a lot of people remember Conway Twitty from the Family Guy sort of thing they did. So Family Guy in the sort of mid to later seasons would put clips of Conway Twitty songs in. Um... It was to kind of break up some some. The way the, it's because Family Guy was just an A and shite, really. It wasn't. They weren't good at segueing anything. No, no they never did. Yeah, so. I never liked Family Guy that much. It, it was fine, but I was never into it because they used to do these weird. Like it's like that time that you crashed the That's, airplane into the. Remember when South Park slagged them? Yeah, and they just they just nailed them. Yeah, they just it's it they, they, had, the, they had the manatees picking the stories. And, yeah. Do you, Remember that time yeah. that I was... Uh, yeah. And they could do it and show it. And it yeah. yeah. And like it was that's lazy. Half of the episode. It was just so basically what I say is it's really just sketches. Yeah. That's so all. they started doing this. And I remember one time they put an entire Conway Twitty song into the episode. And mm. I was like, that's a bit much. Yeah. But Conway Twitty would be known by some people to that. Other one is... The reason I know this song is because of San Andreas, where I was driving around as... Looking for a toilet. CJ. CJ is the guy from San Andreas. Yeah. Looking for a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for a jacks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, CJ. Did you ever get lost? Remember there's a whole mountain, like a kind of yeah, yeah. country section. That's when you get sent into the country. That's where the UFOs were. Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm driving around there and every time that would come on I would literally just stop and go, oh, I love this song so much. It was yeah. on K-Rose, Station the yeah. K-Rose. Um, and literally to this day it would be one of my favourite duets of all time. It's there. One of five, if not more, they did. And it was their third number one mm. duet together. Lorette Lynn has a fantastic voice as well. She really, really does. She's 87 and still gigging. Fuck. Still gigging. Still going. Still gigging. Fuck, I'd say that. She says she's shite now, though. That's not lie. That's singing? Yeah. I don't know. Betcha. We'll, Betcha. We'll, we'll figure it out. Conway Tweety died in 1993. Um, I think he had a, a heart problem. Another banger. Another banger. That Welsh food. Yeah. One. The song. This song is about 
it's it's a really up tempo song. It's a lot of fun. I absolutely just get that lovely, mm. happy feeling when I hear they it. They enjoyed themselves, maybe. Yeah, they they sound like they had the best yeah. crack. One very, very, very funny sort of comment I heard about the song is there's a part in the song where she claims that she'll swim the whole distance of the river to get to him. And I read that like <laughs> you'd die if you did <laughs> because of the amount of E. coli in that river. <laughs> And it's just, I don't know why that's there. It's like, and it's like, the bacteria levels of the Mississippi River far exceed the World Health Organization's <laughs> recommendations. So, as much as your love runs deep, you are not swimming across that. And the Mississippi River won't keep us apart. Too much love. The Mississippi. Um, the fucking Mississippi. The Mississippi River. I just, it's such it's great, yeah. a great country yeah. song. Yeah. And... I like loads of country music. Do you, like you hear that? I like. What was I that? Like. Because he wanted to really press it forward. I'm afraid to drink that beer now. Why? Can you give it a slash? Just, just yeah. So maybe it's a new hobby. I didn't go to the toilet all day today. And That's still probably drinking probably beer. the issue. Like possibly. But there's more coming out than it's going in. So how is it? Is That's it? what happens with alcohol. For every point yeah. of alcohol you drink, you piss out two points. This we should just rename this podcast to Piss Podcast. Duet, duet, yeah. piss. Juicy, we should go, juicy, for, we should go for a piss together later and cross the beams. We've done That's that. That's a real duet. We have done that. Probably. Not cross the beams, but like, <laughs> like <laughs> hip to hip. <laughs> like, There's not a massive amount to say about this song. Like exactly. they were they were they worked really, really well together and they had huge hits like that. Um I wouldn't be mad into like I do like a lot of country music, I wouldn't be mad into knowing or listening to it. That GTA GTA can get you with GTA oh, yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. GTA and Tony Hawk soundtracks. That's yeah. enough. That's enough for me. Smackdowns, but that's only because they have Smackdown, the songs, yeah. the songs from the, the wrestlers. Yeah, listen, that song. If you don't know it, listen to it, and you, if you play GTA, it'll instantly yeah. come flooding back to you. Um, I love it. I'm glad I could stick it on this podcast. What's your next one? My next one is the one I talked about at the start that has an absolutely insane fact, and it's not even it's not a fact. It's just a weird little factoid almost. Yeah. So the song is uh, Beyonce and Jay Z, Crazy in Love. Huge song. Right. So I'm actually shocked that this didn't appear on our best of pop twenty five years. Yeah. It was I was gonna put it forward and I was like, Oh, it's very obvious. Yeah. But it, it is. is one of the best pop songs released in the last twenty five <laughs> yeah, years. It really is. Um so it's from our debut solo album and it was a number one hit worldwide. Like the original of that as well. Um so apparently the producer the weird story in that the producer the producer they brought in they start writing this album. Let's be honest, for Beyonce, not with Beyonce. Right? Let's let's just let's call it right. Yeah. He brought well, her in. Thing. She's not a writer. Well, maybe she is, but she's she's an artist. She's not necessarily a musician, yeah. right? She's a fantastic performer, yes. great voice, but yes. like like a lot of people will mention from the twenties to the seventies, it was absolute commonplace to have songs written for you. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So the songwriters were the were the rock stars. Oh yeah, absolutely. So she gets called into the studio. They're getting ready to fucking kind of start roughly putting down tracks and doing demos and roughs and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And the producer, who whose name I should have written down, but it's gone, um, plays her that fucking... The original, yeah. I played it the other time and I can't fucking remember it. So he plays it to her and she just turns around and says, absolutely not. Yeah. And she says, why not? She goes like... What the fuck? Like, there hasn't been a song with like horns in it yeah. in like sixty years, man. We can't, we can't have like a horn section in a pop song. It has to be like gritty and rough, yeah, like hip hoppy and whatever. It's sexual, yeah. And he's like, I'm telling you now, it's I'm telling you, Beyonce 
Bay Bay, whatever your fucking short name is. I'm telling Bee, you now. Queen B. Exactly. Well, she wasn't Queen then, was she? Maybe. Bequante. I'm telling you right now, go with me on this. Go with me. Just follow me down this little fucking rabbit hole. I think, I think I'm onto something here. So she says to him, you've got two hours. Write the song in two hours. And fucks off out of the studio. Off she goes. Gets a fucking box waxed or whatever she does. Right? Wow. Just saying. Just saying. There's de- no way Beyonce has pubic hair. I'm just calling it. Right? <laughs> back then in particular. So she, off she goes. I'll be back in two hours, Mr. Producer Man. Comes back. He's after writing this fucking monster. Well, to be fair, it's just... The horn sample and the drum stop yeah. bit that's already in the song. Yeah, but he's at the putting it together. And such but the, 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 the song itself, the original one, just has it breaks down to just mm. this drum pattern. So he probably just edited it in a, in a clever that's way. All. Yeah. That's all. But comes back, this fucking monstrosity is laid out in front of her. She's like, fuck me. So she says, fucking, she goes in, starts doing her fucking, whoa, 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 whatever bullshit, right? <coughs> um, he wrote all the lyrics for her, producer, handed it to her. She was like, I think it should be about like being like too in love with somebody or something. Right? I f- it sounds like I'm pissing on Beyonce. This is a great song. But she says, I think it should be about like, you know, like loving somebody so much that you like you hate them and it drives you mad and he's there already. So within the two hours as well, he had to like bang together these lyrics. He said it himself, he just Bleh. Now this becomes a theme in this song. Because at three o'clock in the morning, the call is put out to Jay-Z. Fucking Stalin. Like the space here for a fucking first. We have to do this. You're the biggest hip hop star. It's going artist. to be huge. Yeah. You're the biggest fucking hip hop star. Were they in not the world. together at this point? I don't think so. I'm not entirely sure. Then mm. we have just been doing some work together. This is very early. Like, this is 2003. Is that why she was at the waxing, the Korean waxing place? Quite possibly in case fucking. Jay Z turned yeah, up. Yeah. Jay did it his own fucking showed up. Jay likes his women smooth. <laughs> I don't blame him. To be fair. That's what he likes. When you've got a face like that, like. He's a big face. He's a big long face like a horse. So uh, anyway, I'm not going to say something bad there. So he I think you already said he is on. called in at three o'clock in the morning, right? He shows up like, you know, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, listen, you have to jump up here and throw some bars onto this. Y'all know, y'all know what the flow was on. Yeah. yeah. 30 seconds. First take, nothing written down, all off the top of his head. Yeah, it's to be fair, it kind of sounds it like absolutely it. sounds like it. It sounds like he's making shit up. Ab- now, it's, it's all wor- it, is. it works. Yeah. He ran in 30 seconds, fucking, blah, 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 yeah. 30 seconds, off you go, mic drop, fucks off, that's all they have, leave it in. Like, Jay, go Z, with can it. you please stop dropping the mics, you know how much they cost. <laughs> exactly. You've, just, you're not on stage, nobody you can, even got the You can drop a sure SM58 and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> stop <laughs> dropping my fucking roads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 30 seconds, in and out. Now. Aside from all the fucking Jay-Z and Beyonce and producers and all this kind of stuff. Right? Korean waxing places. Korean waxing. Who do you think, right, has covered this song? I'm going to say someone like fucking Kingsley or something like that. Do you want to know? Someone like that, that as a... As a I'm going to take a, a slug out my can, as right? A, as a cool little kind of, oh, wouldn't it be gas if we covered that song live or because or, or, it's pop, but we're being ironic. I don't know. You ready? Yeah. Big Lurch. Big <laughs> <laughs> He's back. He's back, y'all. Big Lurch is well Crazy dead. in blood. <laughs> um, it was David Bourne. Talking heads, David Bourne. Yes. Holy shit. Has covered Crazy in Love by Beyonce many, many times. Really? Yeah. 
does it a lot of He's pissed off he didn't find that sample first and yeah. music. David fucking Bourne covers Beyonce and Jay-Z crazy in love. It's hard to know if he even means it ironically because he didn't seem like an ironic kind of I guy. I don't think he has any space in his heart for, for irony, irony yeah. whatsoever. He's just that's a great song. That's very good. crazy in love. You know. Like if you break yeah. it down to its Core components. It's actually it's quite a genius. beautiful uh, examination of existentialism <laughs> in the early 2000s. Uh, it suits the zeitgeist pushed upon us. Like, yeah. So that fucking mad cunt has fucking... I'm, I'm going to go looking for it now. When we're finished recording, I'm going onto YouTube and I'm going to try and find David Bourne. Down. Yeah. I wonder if he does it like 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 Shatner style, loungy, or is, 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 he, is he hooring it out? Because uh, he, he's never sang at that speed, surely. That's a fast enough I also song. want to know if he does the rap bit. I will fucking die. Oh, my God. I will fucking die in my bed tonight if he does fucking Jay-Z's rap bit. He definitely doesn't. But I'm just saying, I will die. If he's doing the main part, in theory, who would the counterpart be to do the rap? Who would he get in? Does he shout, oh, 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 well, Who oh, would he oh, get oh, in? Oh, Think about know. it. Who would he bring in to rap? Yeah. If Leonard Nimoy was still alive, you could have got him in. That would, yeah. That'd sure. be perfect. In a, in a little hole in a hobbit fucking hole blah 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 <laughs> fucking um, that'd be perfect yeah I don't know here we go maybe actually Big Lurch <laughs> maybe <laughs> well if he it's tricky tricky oh, he's mad be, as well that'd be real good tricky is basically the fucking English black version of fucking David Bourne really when you think about it he's also mad the English black version of yeah. David Bourne he is. He's fucking mad as well. <laughs> he's a bit mad. He's fucking batshit mad. We've <laughs> talked about him before. He's fucking mental. Um, Roy, who's your next one? My next one is a very, very famous duet. It's Michael and Janet Jackson doing Scream from yes. 1995. Yes, 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 yes. I love ah, this song. I remember this song. Ah, yeah. So confusion makes you... We can't Wasn't there some mad incest shit in that video? Not really. Did he not grab her with the tit and all? I know there was a, there's a thing, a whore getting her tits oh. grabbed. I think there's a no, fucking tit grab. Like, really? Oh, I think so. I think there's some ropey shit that people were... I can honestly tell you he did not enjoy it. I can honestly tell you that he <laughs> didn't, he didn't, I don't think he even remembers doing it or was present while he it He grabs a lot of uh, parts, even on himself, yeah, during the song. That yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think yeah. he might have evolved that much. Like, he was like halfway to, into evolving into the next type of Pokemon that he was meant to be. But <laughs> by, by this year, like by the year this he came out. He would do stuff on the fly that he went, well, I'm Michael Jackson, so this is clearly yeah. amazing. I art. don't have a family because I'm not human. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I think that's honestly what he's thinking. It's like, fucking, I'm a fucking Snorlax or whatever the fuck he is. Yeah. And just, I am now an alien robot. Well, this is the lead single from his ninth studio album, His Story, which is half, a, half new songs, half sort of older it's a, it's the greatest hits that he added in. read on yeah. so, but to be fair to him I think this is a good way to do a greatest hits or a, a first half year best of mm. although I'm pretty sure there's no history part 2 no there's not uh-huh. um, it's a good thing to throw on a good few big bangers to sell it mm. which is the natural thing not only people put one or two Scream is, is fantastic it's a really good song the first time I heard it as a, at the time I was still a massive Michael Jackson fan and I was like it was after Dangerous, which I did like. Dangerous I hasn't some dangerous, dangerous hasn't aged well for for me over the years because of that, that yeah. drum thing that that all nineties songs nineties kind of albums had. But um, the first time I heard it, I didn't know what to make of it because there was so much to take in. There was the video, the song, the fact that they were finally doing a song together. Although they did a song together before, she sings backing vocals on "Pretty Young Thing." 
from 82. Hmm. Which I sh- I think is one of those things I knew then and just forgot. Yeah. I was like, is this the first time? But I remember thinking when it first came out, I'd he- need to hear it again. And if you're watching MTV back then, you're not going to be waiting long for that song to come back yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was played about a half an hour later. Mm. And I was like, right, I've seen the video. So the, the visual side of it is not distracting me. Because it was a brilliant video. I think it's, at the time, one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive video of all time. They had like 3D morphing, they changed it to shit yeah, in the video and all. Yeah, that was a big video. It's like, it's like, and they're dressed in these kind of gothy, spiky clothes. Yeah. So in essence, it's kind of like goths on a spaceship way before Marilyn Manson did it for Yeah, and they were like for, uh, the uh, metal. Animals. They turned into T-1000s and shit, didn't they? And morphed into the walls and then they were wearing silver suits and the ones with spikes on them. Jesus, it's been I think so. Since I saw that video, yeah, right? I'm just coming back to me now. But I think it cost seven million to make that, which is nothing for him. Yeah, it was also useless. Like, oh, do you know what? Well, the time is, it's a really good video, though. What's the point? Because he can't. Yeah, just give me a few, Bob. He's gonna go. Who's that lad that was supposed to sign for the Homer Simpson? That lad that was supposed to sign for the Homer Simpson, where he just point up into the crowd at the baseball. Him, you come down here. <laughs> I've been waiting for that my whole life. Everything I ever go to, I'm waiting for that to happen to me. I try, I try and make myself a bit higher in the, the chair. The only time know? that's ever happened to me is in the Thomas House when 20 Bulls each were playing and I walked in and instantly the lead singer Gar, which is uh, actually you, yeah. shouted, there's Helmut! <laughs> and Neil, I think I'm in my mouth there, hang on. I, have a mouth oh, I think you're in the middle of a song! There's Helmut! Oh God. No, you weren't. You were giving this spiel about 20 years and they walked down and I was like, oh, he thought it was fair. He's like, oh, sorry, you know. There's Helmut! I was like, oh, that's hang my on. name. And no. everyone, everyone just turned around. Oh God. Sorry. <laughs> So that was your last gig. Oh yeah, there you go. Then. Yeah, um, I wasn't. I was Michael yeah, Jackson, and that's the only time I was evolving into a new <laughs> type of Pokemon. Going, oh, I'm on the fly. Yeah. I'm full of soup. <laughs> Absolutely, probably had me top off and all. <laughs> full of gargle. Yeah. Well, the idea of the song is it's kind of a retaliation to how badly he was treating the media post scandal. This um, ba- like Bobby hanging scandal or Bobby fingering scandal. But <laughs> the, the, the hanging over the balcony came way later. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Was that? Later, yeah. Holy shit. I wouldn't do that with my phone, let alone a child. Like This is what I don't get about the baby thing, right? I want to cover his face so mm. no one sees him. But I want to hang him over a balcony so, so people everyone do see, see him. him. Yeah. He looked like a prisoner in fucking... Uh, well, that's because it's not his child. Nothing to do with him. But he looked like... A, the, the, the baby looked like a prisoner in Guantanamo yeah, Bay. Yeah, the thing over his face. Yeah. Like and a, hanging him over the edge. looked like a Spanish resistance fighter. I had like a big red rag <laughs> over his face. Blanket. <laughs> yeah, blanket. But that's not, that's not his child. It is his child. It's not, it's not. It Look is. at that child. It is his no child. No fucking way. It Calling is. it. It is. There's not, them children nothing to do with him. Why aren't that they? That nanny just had a bodyguard spunk inside her and he was like, give me them babies. And there's another seven million. Off you go. Give me the babies. Yeah, exactly. I need a, I need a dangling baby. No fucking way they're his children. Not a hope. Catch him. Do you reckon, you know, when he's getting his skin done, did he was ball bagging on? Or did he just have like... I don't think he does his skin. I think it was a tablet. Wasn't it a tablet? I thought, I guess, maybe. I don't oh, know. He's like bleach tablets. You can't drink bleach. Have you seen Michael Jackson's face? Yeah, it's in shy. I thought they just strip all the gear out of it. I think he was... I think, no, it was bleach treatments. Maybe I'm wrong. They just dipped them in the nair and left them there for the weekend. Yeah. Well, this is... You know, like him talking to the media saying, and it's also one of the first songs he courses in. That's his shit. Fucking with oh, me. that's remember right. that. Little fucking with me. Fucking We're allowed course on this podcast. Yeah. We are allowed. Yeah, he's allowed course because he's Michael Jackson. Take cock balls. Uh, so Jenna said she was happy to work with him. Well, she wanted to, to be. Uh, it's a, it's a fucking brother, like. Yeah, but well, she, she did it. She did it to, to show support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
he said that he loved Warcutter because when they were dancing around, he said he was having the absolute best crack. It was like being the gaff again, dancing around with Good. your family and stuff like that. Because um, every, everyone does that. Everyone does that. I danced on my own to Michael Jackson. He danced as Michael Jackson with his sister, which yeah. is a little bit different. Uh, the B-side was, Have you seen my childhood? Remember that song from yes. Free, Free Willy 2? Um, Do you remember B-sides? B-sides being an actual thing. Yeah. I do. Now people can struggle to get an album out. Yep. Um, the first, like I said, the first time I heard Scream, I didn't, there was so much information hitting me at the same time and I was excited and confused. But then I heard the song and I went structurally and, you know, song-wise, it is yeah. a very good song. Very good. That's my duet, famous duet, Michael and yep. Jenna. Who's your next one? Sonny and Cher. I got you, baby. No. Uh, nope. <gasps> nope. Curveball. A groovy kind of love. Yep. The Phil Collins song. Yeah. <laughs> um... It's a great song. It is, yeah. So, the, uh, Sonny and Cher are a husband and wife duo. They originally started off as uh, backing studios for um, they, Phil, Phil Spector. They were backing studios. They turned their bodies into <laughs> entire buildings. They were backing Actually, singers. Actually, to, to be fair to Sonny, he nearly turned himself into a building. <laughs> well, yeah. What you make buildings he went, back, he went back to nature. He did, yeah. He was fucking Going ashes back to, ashes. to my roots. Yeah. Ending dust, up in my dust. boot. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> Sheer meanness out of this podcast sometimes. Um, Sonny, if you're listening. Uh, well, <laughs> you're sure. definitely not listening. Um, so uh, they started off as backing singers for Phil Spector. That's how they kind of got their start. For not getting killed that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they... Fucking hell. I have to read. All right, yeah. They had... Uh, their big breakthrough was I Got You Babe in 1965. Um, there was another song before that that done pretty I well. I Got No Breaks. Exactly. I've Got No Breaks. <laughs> There's a fear tree. They say <laughs> I should have got my car serviced earlier. I said, no, oh, come on. Um, so, I say stop even though I was saying it. Yeah, it wasn't a car. Agar, agar it wasn't a car that killed him. It was a tree. It was a tree, yeah. No, he was skiing. Was he not killed in a car crash? Nope. Nope, skiing. Hit a tree. All of my jokes make no sense. Yeah. Just, oh. Well, now they do. It's grand. Um, so they they were fucking huge, That's right? Cool. They had a bajillion big albums. They also had two television shows. They had the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour, and then they had the Sonny and Cher Show. Um, they divorced in 1975, and by the time they, did, they divorced, they had sold 40 million albums worldwide, which is insane. So Cher continued singing, and uh, Sonny got, uh, got gone into politics, and he was elected to Congress. He was a Republic representative of California. So that's where he continued. They done, uh, I think, two reunions, like once-offs. I don't, I don't think they ever toured. They just got together and sang a couple of the old classics. Oh, so they were still good buds. Yeah, even though he was battering her, he kicked a shite out of her. And Did he? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was like an Ike Turner situation. Get that there. tree into you. Yeah, exactly. As Eat f- that tree. Now as, I feel, now I feel yeah, no ounce yeah, of guilt. As, as far as I know, Sonny was a bit fucking abusive from time to time, yeah. yeah. I, not quite to like that Ike Turner level, but... Well, he was like still at say, it. Mother Nature finds yeah. a way. So in, in um, 1998, he was skiing and he hit a tree and died. And um, in How's also, the tree? it's a tree. It survived actually. It's you know, it's still there. It's just, it's a, there's a there's a spotlight pointed at it. Um, the same year, the two of them finally got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, and that's kind of the end of a share. Also, on most of her albums ever since he died, has like dedicated them to her she also chased she done a even though he was flying the fists uh, well they, they got on I mean I, I can't say that stop talking about stuff like that I'll keep going um, 
Why he, couldn't he just go out and like hit like a wall or a tree or something? <laughs> or something. We need to find something to just hit real fast. Um, I don't care. Just get all the aggression out of him. <laughs> see that fucking honestly that that behavior is just a downward spiral. Oh, stop it! Stop! I'm getting heartburn now. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. Ah! Ah! Fuck him! Hey, hey! I hear stories about that. Fuck him! Oh, fucking hell! Anyway, share dead cunt. Um, <laughs> share um on behalf of Sonny's family. Um, a couple of years ago, went to court trying to get um historic royalties for their family. Because uh, obviously Sonny went off and had fucking kids afterwards and all this kind of showing. And uh, the family weren't getting the correct amount of royalties from the record label. So she sued whoever it was, fucking EMI, EMI or Warner or whoever the fuck was putting the records out at the They're time. They're two ropey labels. Two, all labels are fucking yeah. ropey. Yeah, yeah, sure. She sued them. I, th- I don't know whether it was successful or not, but she brought them all to court trying to get money for uh, Sonny's family and, and for hers also, to be fair. But um, that's Sonny and Cher, a groovy kind of love. Uh, Song is alright. Uh, I got you webs about a song, I think. But Grave kind of love. I, so you didn't want to go too obvious. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, who's your next one? Islands in the stream. That, that is, is what, what me is. This is my second choice. That's a country song about a body of water. Hmm. So the last one was about Mississippi River. This is Islands in the stream. My last one was about frozen water. But Kenny, really? <laughs> your last one was about frozen water. <laughs> Uh, oh. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, yeah. 1983. I was, I was going to pick this. This is a great song. It's absolutely phenomenal song. I absolutely love it. Did you? Know, it's. It's no surprise it was written by the Bee Gees. Mm. But did you know it was written for Marvin Gaye? Really? Yeah, a more R and B version of it was written for Mar- Marvin Gaye. That would have suited him more than the the how country it is yeah. now and country pop is what it is now. This is considered. This is on Kenny Rogers' album uh, Eyes That See in the Dark. It fucking Sonny could have used them. Yeah. Uh, would you ski at? You wouldn't ski at night. I'm sure there's night skiing. Stop this now. Let's stop this now. No, I feel. I night feel like skiing we're, we're deserves a sign. <laughs> night skiing. Yeah. <laughs> this is considered the best country duet of all time, mm. and I I find it hard to disagree. Conway Twitty and Lerlins ones up there, but this is great. Um, Kenny Rogers wanted nothing to do with the song when he first heard it, and. I think it was Robin Gibb or Barry, Barry Gibb, I think, was writing it for him. And he's like, no, no, listen, listen, just trust me. It needs something when you have to find what it is. So, in the studio, who was baiting around? Dolly Parton. Really? Yeah. Weirdly, in 83, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers only really met each other once before. Weird. That's mad. I find mm. that hard to believe with all the country award shows and everything that goes on. But uh, they said, listen, would you come in and listen to the song and possibly, if you like it, do what you uh, she came in and just lit the thing up and walked out. Of course and she did. They was, and Kenny Rogers went, Have this. Now I get it. Yeah. Now I get this song. Um, so the first time they met was, was with that first, she was, he was on her show, her Dolly Parton show with yeah. First Edition, his band First Edition. But that was when he went, Okay, okay, I like it now. The Bee Gees did re record it themselves in 1997. And we all remember. What was yes. done to by Praz from Fuji? Remember, 
It's painful. That is fucking ghetto superstar. That's uh, but that is what you, in my uh, head. I was trying to remember where it came from. Yeah, Praz. That's 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 the, that's the fella that did it. Um, I absolutely love this song. It has so many lush key changes. It's just oh, it's delightful. It's a delightful song. Can and take nothing away from anybody the pro- in the BGS. No, like it can, it's such a BG yeah. song, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'd I'd love to have heard the Marvin Gaye version mm. because of because this is clearly BG's going well. If we were writing it for ourselves, it would sound like this. And you can hear, even though I've never actually heard the BG's version of it in '97, I can already imagine yeah, it I absolutely easily in my head. Yeah, as to how this yeah. is. Um, there's not a massive amount of information mm. because it wasn't set up for a while. She was happened to be in the studio. Kenny, they're Rogers. possibly the best ones. I think those out an hour ones. Yeah. Which is why that can happen. Yeah. Someone goes, listen, we can get onto our label. They're, they're not going to say, either label is not going to, if they're not, maybe they're, saying, they're not going to say no. They're like, you know what, is it money for both of us? Yeah. yeah. I love, you know what? I love money. Yeah. 100%. I love it. So, uh, who is your next one? My last one. Your last one. Is uh, possibly one of the most famous duets of all time. Go on. And it's, uh, right, I'm going I'm to murder this name, but I'm going to have a crack at it. Yusel Nador and Nina Cherry. Yusel Nador. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I'm not entirely sure. Great song. Fucking Jesus hell. Great. Fucking hell. Seven seconds is the song. It's actually thankfully way, way longer. Way longer. It's five and a half minutes long or something. Yeah. Um, well, every seven seconds of the song is another brilliant seven seconds. <laughs> every seven seconds is good. Every second seconds counts. <laughs> second seconds? Every seven seconds counts. Every se- second. Se- Jesus Christ. Your CD is skipping if you're only listening to every second second. <sighs> yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. Punk, great punk really band called Seven song. Seconds, actually. Um, so he was a Senegalese singer, and he quite possibly is still the most famous singer in That's a great, I don't like, I know that's a terrible, terrible, awful impression, but I love the way he sings. It's amazing. He sings in three different languages in this song. Um, he sings in French, he sings in English, and he sings in fucking a mad language called like Wakando or Womaloko or some shit, some fucking weird tribal African language. From it's not weird to them, girl. What? It's not weird to them. I know, it's normal to like the six people that speak or whatever. I, I don't, I, I'm not entirely sure. So he started his first band in 1979. And by, an industrial band. <laughs> it was, skinny, yeah. skinny puppy style stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's Christian death. Senglese death, they were called. And, um, by 91, he had his own recording studio. And by 1995, he had his own label. He was mad prolific. He was just, This is what he wanted to do with his entire life. He's a music man. He is a music man. This song was number one in France for 16 weeks. Jesus Christ. 16 weeks. Um, the song appears on two albums. It appears on Nina's album, which is called Man, and his album, which is called The Guide. Now, here's a weird one for you. This song was produced by a guy called Christian Falk. Right? Christian Falk... This is this is a lot. only I think only me and you and people our age are going to understand this reference. Christian Falk wrote songs for Whale, including Hobo Humpin, Slowbo. Band. Oh no way! Yeah, I love that song. I thought they yeah. wrote that. He wrote loads of songs from on the album. Wow! Yeah, so he's That's a, a bang. I played that when we in the last art one, which, which you obviously all came to. Yeah, exactly. The last art there, Pazuzu. Um, that, yeah, he wrote loads of songs for Whale. And um, that, but this song was just—it was on radio twenty 
for it was. seven. I didn't mind it though. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it was no, always just. Was it, this around the same time as Enigma's Return to Innocence? Why am I? That's oh yeah, I was got. You started with that exactly. Yeah, holy shit! Instantly, I connected to. We're doing all the types of podcasts in here. Yeah, I one hundred percent connect both of those songs together for some reason. It was impossible to escape. The year it came out, it was just on all the time. But you know what? Because it was so slow, it wasn't irritating. Exactly. And it is just a beautiful song. But the funniest thing about it, I always found, is that, you know, you went home, listen, this is the 90s, right? We know it's 2019. Things are different now. But back then, you'd go home, 99.9% chance, your ma's in the kitchen. Right. Crispy Findus pancakes. Exactly. Again. Again. I bought, I bought Findus. It's not, they're not Findus anymore. I don't know who the fuck makes them. Like McCain or something. Green oil. So I don't think it's even green oil anymore. I bought a few of them. They do a mozzarella one, which is Midland, but they do a tomato one, mozzarella one. No. Quite nice. Right. No, I um, I bought a lot of them recently. Anyway. I, uh, when I was young, and I wasn't able to use the oven. I used to do them in a toaster. Oh yeah, and, and they just explode three and a half to- three yeah. and a half rounds of yeah. the toaster before you'd get it. Yeah, but they burst at the level. Yeah. All cars burst. Gravy all over the place. Mints yeah. and gravy all yeah. over the place. All over the toaster. Uh, exactly. Ma- I give an marmalade. Taste well, let weird. me use the oven then. Exactly. No, we'd rather yeah. we'd rather the oven the toaster yeah. born than exactly. your head. Or to be honest with you, in my house, they, they absolutely never saw an oven. They were put in the frying pan. They were absolutely just you see, yeah, no. cardiac parcels is what they were. When we were done the oven, you see, it would have been nice to do them in the pan full of like, dirty yeah, grease. Just mm-hmm. fucking bursting full of juice, yeah. like. Oh, I miss them. If there is there is vegetarians. Oh, okay, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. That. yeah, yeah. No, I'll try it because yeah. it's the best thing I can. Yeah. And yeah. they are actual pancakes. That's what's interesting. They taste better now than they did back then because we didn't really know what pancakes were back then. No. Um, Very fancy. The best, thing about, the best thing about this song that I remember is that it was 1994. You go home, your mommy's in the kitchen, Fucking licking a chicken, diddling, 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 diddling. Your Elman, Cash Money, is trying to fucking figure out what the fuck he's saying in the song because it's on the radio. Yeah. But she's trying to make up English words to fit into it. Every time, every time I went home, my Elman would be like, that's what I say. That's what I say. I go to the place where they say the things and then they go, oh my God, I'll do it then. Like, my Elman full on inventing English words to sit on top of it. The, the the fact for me was your man Christian Falk who produced it, writing songs, including Hobo Hump and Slobo Ben. That's crazy. How fucking mad is that? Out of nowhere. Right, give me your last one. Last one. Stop dragging my heart around Stevie mm. Nicks and Tom Petty. You don't like this song? Nope. Which is stupid because it's I great. I don't really like Tom Petty and I don't really like Stevie Nicks. No. No, I can't. Because he's a honky-tonk and he's, he's a witch. No, i tell you what it is. He looks like he came out of the womb a bit too early. Like, he didn't get cooked enough in the womb. Well, he struggled with anorexia. Uh, more than that. He just wasn't made. He's a, he was a long baby. He was a long a long boy. <laughs> he, he's just, he just looks mad weird. He looks like a, like a born victim that wasn't born. He just, he's too weird. His songs were fucking odd. And the songs that I do remember by him scared the shit out of me. Really? Yeah, I don't know if they went from me. I, I when I think of Tom Petty, I think of him in that Postman movie with Kevin Costner. You actually don't like this song? Not really, no. When was the last time you actually heard it though? Years ago. Give it another listen. I, I might give it another blame. I don't know. I just think, like I said, I just think of fucking Kevin Costner movie where he meets Tom Petty on the side of a mountain and he turns around and he goes, did you used to be somebody? And Petty goes like, you know, back in the day... You know, I, I might have been somebody. It's playing Tom Petty as some, like, warlord or some shite. That's all I think of. This is a great song, man. All right. So, let's start how it happened. Jimmy Iovine again. Of course. He was doing um, 
He's much like the Pat Benatar and Bruce Springsteen thing. Tom Petty didn't really want that song. He goes, oh, yeah, I know someone that will. That's brilliant. He does that a lot. Yeah, because what's the point of wasting a good song? He knows what a good song sounds like. It has to go to somebody. Also, Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks went out for a while as well. I don't know about I'm that. I'm almost certain they did. You sure? Yeah, yeah pretty sure. Oh. Yeah. See, he, she, uh, she sang on his song, The Insider, in mm-hmm. the same year. Yep. So um, they did have a good relationship. Whether that involved full penetration, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. It's just spells and uh, wrinkle cream. Jesus that cover antibiotics and fucking witchcraft this song kind of had a huge boost in look because they made a music video around the time when MTV had just come out okay and MTV didn't actually have a lot of music videos of course videos. it wasn't no so this was getting good rotation yeah. on the thing good. now cut forward two or three years later and MTV probably would not have really touched that much yeah no so it was this thriller and this going around a little bit yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like how smoky this song is it's like a little smoke lit room smoke lit yeah a candle lit room with smoke going through and it just has that like this one we're in right now I don't know where the smoke is coming from that's incredible (laughs) I I don't we do have candles lit though yeah Um, after this was this song was really really big like and afterwards she went can you write me another song and he went no because you need to write all your songs yeah you're a good song it's time just do it yeah passing it on now or just another nice way of saying I couldn't be fucking yeah to be fair do me own um, so when she was doing this live when she was touring with the Pretenders Chrissy Hines would do Tom Petty's part All right. which was actually really cool and apparently they would try and be making each other laugh by hamming it up like yeah, she yeah. doing like the movements and all because she she could do with Tom Petty oh yeah she doesn't look a million miles she's, she's not of, far off it. Like kind of yeah, same haircut <laughs> yeah <laughs> they literally had the same haircut um, this year she performed it live with One Direction's Harry Styles Jesus Christ. during her induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist this time yeah. um, and I was kind of like no interest in listening to that but then I remember that Harry Styles is the one who's not that bad it was One Direction he's actually doing some weird indie album or something isn't he but you remember that he had that song uh, Sign of the Times I don't remember so his first big song Sign of the Times was actually quite a good song yeah. so I went fuck I'm going to give it a listen and it's a really good version. Mm. And they're getting on good crack. He comes out with a guitar as well, so he's not just like, mm. I do song. Yeah. Me sing now. Yeah. Now, he's not doing the lovely licks and solos. Yeah. Someone who I can't, I, I don't know who is doing it because they've got hair covering their face. I couldn't figure it. It's probably someone mentally famous and I don't know who it is because I yeah. couldn't see who it was. Um, I'll always have a, a, a soft spot for the song. It's on... Um, I'll give it another shot. It's on uh, Tom Petty's Anthology, which I would have heard years and years mm. and years ago when I was only getting into Tom Petty and... Uh, Oh, she has. That's great. Their voices work brilliantly together. No, you do like it. I'm going to call it now. You do. Like <laughs> yeah, you definitely like You're it. You're going to call it. All right. It's slow burner. It's nice. It's a nice little song. Nothing wrong with that. That was our duet. That was me and Gar's duet. Was. We have a duet every week. Yeah. Um, or a, a duet. If we're we sang a few of these. So we've got our voices yeah. out a little oh, bit yeah. on this as well. Which Absolutely. is for the, the team of the podcast. Absolutely. Obviously. Just for the lo- lovely, beautiful listeners at home. Yeah. Um, we will finish up by saying what we always say. You can find us on patreon.com forward slash lost Art podcast. Cost five a month. You get access to exclusive podcasts, exclusive videos, pictures of Helmet's dick, and no, audio of no, him taking pieces. No. Why not? Someone else's. I just sent them into you. They're someone else's. I've done that before. They're Pete Steele. I've done that before. <laughs> what did That's you do before? I'll tell you that later. Um, I know what you did. Someone else <laughs> with a dick pics. And you would accept it was someone else's. Of course one. I did. 
Was um, it a Spanish Mickey? That would be hilarious. It was all tanned. Be, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like a lovely smooth one. And circumcised. <laughs> exactly. Like, is your family Jewish? <coughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. What? What? <laughs> what? Anyway, you can find us on Lost Art. Um, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast. It's a fiver a month. You get access to loads of bits and pieces. Um, we're doing videos. We're going to do another video, I think, in a week or two. And um, I'm going to be back doing my little videos from at home as well and throwing them out. We have, we're actually, the, I forgot to tell you, the wireless microphones arrived today for doing the thing with the big thing that we thought we'd been talking oh, about. Oh, we're doing a new thing. Yeah, we have an idea for a thing that's a little yeah. bit elaborate. It's going to take a little bit of a setup. Yeah, um, it could be some it, actual uh, blood. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> only for, the, uh, for, for for Patreons. Um, it's a well, five-year-old. Don't, don't, it it's is. actually not even a five It's five dollars. It's like four seventy. I don't something. like putting behind the wall c- content, but listen, unfortunately... The fact that we buy wireless mics is, yeah. this is the reason we have to. Yeah. It, it, we're literally put, we're, we're spending our own money and the money that you give us on new stuff. So I don't feel too bad yep. about it. I don't like paywalls, but this is kind of different in the sense that when we do come out and do an extra podcast yep. at night, it's, we're free touring. It, it's, a, it's a long day. It's a long day. Um, that we put them out for people that are paying us to buy those mics and, and, and uh, exactly. pay for hosting. And so. listen, if you can't afford €4.70 or $5 a month, again, completely fair. Not everybody has it. Um, you can help us out by just. I thought you were about to say something fucking real nasty. <laughs> you can do a big fuck off. You can't afford. Yeah. Fuck. What are you doing well on the internet? <laughs> Pain um, virgin. <laughs> have a big bowl of fuck off. Um, no. Listen. Just okay. share, like, rate, subscribe, whatever the fuck. Tell your friends. Just do some. Do something online. Comment that connects to the Lost Art Facebook say, page. I liked that. That will be. That will do. We will love that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, until next week. Thank you very much. Night.